0: Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank & Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank & Trust. I'm your host, Eric Notter, and in today's episode, what matters most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I'm thankful to be joined once again remotely today by Brad Bolliard, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Brad, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning, Eric. I'm fine.
0: Great, great to have you, and uh, looking forward to, to hearing how things are going. It's been a while since you and I've talked, so things have certainly changed over the last few months. I think the last time you and I spoke about the market update was back in December, so um, some things have happened. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Brad, why don't we start? Why don't we start with some good news? Can you can you hit us with some positives to begin with?
1: Sure, I'll absolutely give you the positives first here, Eric, and we will. Go on to some of the negatives and then what our current strategies are based on those positives and negatives. So, first of all, let's start off with some jobs numbers. Uh, the US added 678,000 jobs in February. That was above expectations of 440,000 and pushed the unemployment rate to a new post pandemic low of 3.8%. The increase in hiring last month was the biggest in seven months. About a quarter of the new jobs created in February were in leisure and hospitality. And those were the industries most affected when coronavirus cases were high. Restaurants, for example, Eric, added 124,000 new jobs and hotels hired 28,000 people. So, you know, obviously in the past six months or so, we have started to see um, some of that employment picked up, pick up. Um, I'm starting to notice, you know, a little less wait lines, a um, little a little less spacing in some of the restaurants yeah. whenever we go out to eat to dinner and so on. Are you noticing some of that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You can start to see things Things have gotten back to some version of Some, some,
1: version, some version of the, version of the normal. new normal is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our new normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, other areas that we've seen job growth include the healthcare area at 64,000 jobs that were added. Transportation and warehousing at 48,000 jobs added. Uh, people who got sick from the from COVID variant have returned to work. Governments have dropped business restrictions, and companies have stepped up hiring efforts to try to cater to high demand for the goods and services. With a lot of businesses and jobs, I'm seeing you know kind of a hybrid, where okay, if you want to come in, you can come in. If you want to work from home, you can work from home. Right. Yeah. Um. Which you know somebody's happens to be sick that week or something. Still a great idea. Um, the jobs report has been a little less reliable though over the past year owing to the waxing and the weighting of the pandemic. Um, the estimates have been subject to large revisions months later and that have presented a very different view of how many people are being hired. But one thing is clear though, the labor market is very tight and it's going to stay that way for a while. Workers are taking advantage of the situation to leave their employers in general in, in, it drove up, as we've seen over the past year for better paying jobs. Wages barely rose though in February, but in general, worker pay is growing at the fastest rate since the early nineteen eighties.
0: So, so this is wait, wages to, wages aren't rising, but people are leaving for better paying jobs They're just sort of shifting some, around.
1: <laughs> right. We have seen some some wage growth over the past year, but um, in general work pay is growing, you know, kinda of just Because people are shifting around, getting better-paying jobs, and it's a rate that we've kind of seen um, exceeding the fastest rate that we've seen, like in the 1980s. So, yes, you're right. Right. Um, Let's move on to the initial jobless claims. They actually fell by 18,000, so we have that on the positive side, and that's to a two-month low, 215,000, in the week ending uh, February 26. Um, That's according to our Department of Labor, indicating a pickup in hiring and a decline in layoffs. The four-week moving average was 253,250, and that's a decrease of 2,000. New jobless claims appear to track to fall below 200,000 again in the near future. They briefly fell to a 52-year low of 188,000 in early December. Companies have almost 11 million open jobs, Eric, and that's two for every unemployed worker. <laughs> but not enough people to fill them. Holy smokes. So so that's the number of people already collecting employment benefits and that have returned to pre-pandemic levels and are extremely low. So, you know, still still a lot of open jobs out there. That that has been an issue that we've seen with a lot of the larger companies, you know, just looking for labor. A uh, labor and cost are still some of the things that they've they've been looking at, you know, over the past year. But that the costs are starting to come under control even despite inflation. And we'll talk on that a little bit. I do you want to move on to some of the uh growth numbers that we're seeing in the manufacturing and service industry um manufacturing and services they're both still in that growth territory which when i throw out a number of above 50 that's growth territory above 55 is uh exceptional growth level mm-hmm. so a lot of these numbers are above the 55 percent level uh for february and um on manufacturing index that climbed to 58.6% in February from a 57.6% in January. And this figure indicates expansion in the overall economy for the 21st month in a row. So still looking pretty good there. New orders, 61% in production, 58.5%. They both ticked up with backlog of orders, 65%. That soared to the second highest level in record. Uh, declining Omicron cases, of course, and easing government restrictions have proved to be a boost. But companies are still struggling to keep up with demand, citing persistent labor and supply shortages. So obviously, as people are coming back from the pandemic, or if they were in quarantine, or if they were switching jobs, we're starting to see that job growth there also in manufacturing. On um, the services side, that fell to fifty-six point five percent in February from a fifty-nine point nine percent in January. Still exceptional growth territory. And February, now the twenty-first month, also. And a on the services side to show growth. Uh, Production was at 55.1%, new orders 56.1%, and they fell but reported above the exceptional growth level. Um, Employment, 48.5%, slid into negative territory in the service side for the first time since last June. Of course, ongoing labor and supply pressures continue to hold back growth, those some, and prevent a full recovery there but continuing on with our our positives the 500 s p 500 companies have reported earnings to date for the fourth quarter of 2021 and a really good number here eric 75 percent reported above analyst expectations and this compares to a long-term average of 66 percent so earnings numbers with companies have been looking very very good Um, sales have benefited from a solid economic backdrop while margins have expanded in the face of inflation um supply chain issues and other challenges. Most companies that have mentioned cost pressures, most companies have mentioned cost pressures this year and they have been able to mitigate that bottom line impact there. Also looking at G- GDP, the fourth quarter 2021 GDP was revised, that was revised up to an analyzed 7% and that's in line with the estimates and above 2.3% rate recorded in the third quarter. For the year 2021, GDP growth averaged 5.7 percent. The GDP now forecasts from the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta is forecasting a 1.3 percent growth for the first quarter 2022. So, of course, a little slower growth here in the first quarter. We're seeing a lot of volatility in the markets. Of course, not so much anymore with uh, coming off of Omicron variants. But um, uh, of course, now the geopolitics of the world. And that moves us on to the negatives of our economic review. Um, Always the possibility, first of all, of some monetary policy mistakes. Um, The feds now speeding up their tapering process with an exceptional conclusion later this month that we'll see along with the first quarter point rate hike and risk of a policy mistake. There's rising course, the fed meets next week and we should see, um, start seeing the Fed starting to raise rates um, you know, that, that number estimate of how many times they'll raise this, this year cont- uh, has risen a little bit. Uh, I think the talk right now is a, several rate rises, maybe around four or more. So, um, so continue to expect that. I know in the yield curve, you're starting to see the yield curve go out a little bit in that intermediate area. Uh, but you know, short-term rates obviously are rising even with some of our broker CDs. I think like you can go out 3% now and get above 1.5% of the CD, and you only have to go out five years to get a psychological 2% uh, mark on our Burkard CDs. These are Burkard CDs, so like American Express and Goldman Sachs and so on. But um, yeah, definitely seeing that yield curve flatten out a little bit with the short-term rates and the intermediate rates rising. Um, but you know, other things that we're looking at is, of course, the geopolitics uh, on the negative side. And heightened geopolitical geopolit- risk are casting a cloud over market in the economy Uh, financial markets are following the russia development closely while keeping an eye on any signals from china regarding taiwan the u.s has suffered an energy shock as the price of oil has soared historically geopolitics do not impact financial markets for long unless the market outlook fundamentally changes so Historically, we're still seeing, you know, some positives and, and good signs whenever we look, look at um, situations of the past. But we'll have to see. There's a lot going on. Um, obviously, I'm sure at the pump, Eric, you've seen gas. I think last time I passed my local gas station, was around a 409 uh, just a couple of days ago. Oil did drop just a little bit yesterday on March the 9th. But, um, you know, are you seeing the same thing oh, up there where you're where you're at?
0: Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's affecting everywhere. It's pretty <laughs> it's getting pretty high. <laughs>
1: right. Of course, you know, I just drive a Honda, but you still have to be concerned about, you know, these people that are hauling your goods and services and, and truckers and yeah. trucker trailer drivers. I mean, you can only think of what they're spending. Yeah. Just to get from point A to point B and deli- delivery of food and, and so on. Exactly. So Looking at prices, January CPI rose more than expected with a headline up 7.5% year-over-year, core up 6% year-over-year. Investors are bracing for another high reading here in February also. I believe that number was to come out maybe late yesterday or today, so we'll have to see where those numbers are at. The path of the COVID-19 virus remains an important driver of economic growth in 2022, but no longer the most important driver. So the seven-day average of deaths fell more than 31% from two weeks ago. So good news in terms of going in the right direction there. Um, The average daily number of cases and hospitalizations also continue to decline. COVID-19 is still something to watch, but not too overly fearful of there. Um, Valuations and stocks, that remains a concern, though they have moderated some due to recent pullback. If strong earnings and growth can continue, this will be no problem but if higher levels of inflation and supply chain issues staff earnings momentum, markets could be vulnerable. Overall, higher levels of volatility should, should be expected. So let's kind of make a conclusion here on the equity side of things. Increase in certainty and volatility appear to be the themes for the first half of 2022. Of course, the war in Ukraine has only added to this and brought more market risk along with it. Heightened tensions with Russia could result in an energy shortage and weakened consumer confidence. Despite this and Omicron elevated inflation and supply chain shortages, we do anticipate economic growth and the surge in energy prices to provide support for earnings. We view the weakness in the markets as an opportunity for long-term investors. Our outlook for the market remains positive and expected returns in the mid to high single-digit range for 2022, even as we continue to anticipate an interesting year for stocks um, you know, given the high volatility. On the fixed income side of rate, um, all eyes are on Fed Chair uh, PAL, of course. Wages have been strongly rising year over year, and CPI has rocketed 7.5% year over year. That's resulting in a loss of purchasing power for the average wage earner. The war in Ukraine has put a wrench in the Fed's plan, causing elevated, already elevated energy prices uh, to climb further. Exasperating the problem uh, with a tight labor market, inflation proving to be not so transitory—that word that Powell used and, and then regretted. So, <laughs> we expect the Fed to complete its bond buying taper next week and to begin a series of rate hikes um, of the Fed's target range here in 22. We are hopeful that inflationary pressures can ease over the coming year, but if inflation fails to moderate, Powell indicated that 50 rate. Uh, base point increases is, are not off the table. So there are some though opportunities out there, I should say, when looking at rising rates that we're already seeing um, prices are down on individual bonds because yields are up. Of course it's that seesaw effect um, higher yields mean higher income. So for buy and hold income investors, this means opportunity really um, inflation is running high and therefore treasury inflation protection tips, um, which adjusts their face amount with the changes in inflation, are the way to protect investors against higher inflation. And conceptually, Eric, this is this is a great thing. But the masses also think this is a great thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Therefore, demand has pushed the prices on tips to a point where yields are actually negative there. So let me give you the opportunity. And that's simple, short duration, um, high-quality individual bond ladders that provide current yield. They protect investors against rising inflation and higher rates by having uh, proportional amounts of portfolio roll off incrementally, thus enabling a reinvestment to a higher rate environment. Another opportunity that we're seeing here for 2022, uh, treasury rates are up. So spreads have widened. Triple B rated 10-year corporate spreads are up 25% or 37 basis points year to date. 10-year muni bond yields as president of treasury yields are up from 695 to 87.9%. And the bottom line here is that corporate muni yields are better than they have been in a long time because of higher rates and wider spreads. So there's another opportunity. Finally, an opportunity I want to talk about, um, there's opportunity in individual bonds and in that they can provide principal protection in a way that other substitutes or packaged products can't, and that is mainly because individual bonds have a state of maturity. So, you know, you purchase your bond, rates are at a higher rate right now, the price is going down, and then you hold to maturity. Um, when an investor holds an individual bond of maturity, interim market price volatility will not affect income cash flow or the point in time when the bonds face value is returned, barring an unlikely default in high-quality individual bonds, which that's why we buy high-quality bonds at uh, BAA, Moody, And triple B plus S and P investment grade or better. Um, I know even five or so years ago we were looking at our bonds that were below the triple B plus BAA one area, and since then, since that large review, we haven't been purchasing anything below that BAA one triple B plus. Very exceptional if we have, and uh, so you know, leaning towards quality always with our individual uh, bond purchases. So in general, fixed income, we're modestly underweight. We are focused on the intermediate and short-term bonds for new cash, judicious use of some of the preferred stocks that we're seeing out there. And those prices, too, and preferred stocks have come closer to par and even below par for preferred stock purchasing. Um, not purchasing corporates with a blow, again, triple BBAA2 rating. Uh, we're selective with the munis, kind of leaning towards right now some of the revenue uh, bonds there and some of the Mar- Maryland's and West Virginia, Pennsylvania, that we commonly purchase. Um, Focusing on 10-plus-year maturity, small exposure tips is appropriate. A high yield, a neutral to modestly overweight level is appropriate there. This includes our floating rate exposure, spreads near historic tights. Default risks have lessened in the asset class, and that asset class making minor additions there. So main exposure is floating rate due to expected rising rate environment. And then on the equity side there, which we are just um, overweight with equities, uh, small cap, mid cap, we're targeting about that 10, 10%, 15% of stocks, depending on the, on the objective of, of the account. Um, looking at international, we're targeting about 10 to 15% of targets there, again, depending on the objective of, of the account. And then alternatives, that's kind of a newer area. We're targeting about 3% to 5% of stocks there focused on inflation hedge strategies, global infrastructure, global real estate commodities, and real assets. The commodity area, you know, given the higher oil prices and so on, uh, but really our commodity fund also focuses on, on gold, and silver, and coffee. And that area has been very, very beneficial to us uh, year to date so far. So really appreciating that alternative area given all the volatility that's been out there. Um, we are also overweight, healthcare, industrials, financials, energy, equal weight communication, consumer discretionary technology, and basic materials, and underweight consumer staples, real estate, and utilities. So there's nice. kind of our conclusion based on all the positives and all the negatives that I've given
0: you and... It's going to be an interesting year. So Absolutely. Brad, uh, thank you so much, as always, for joining me today and providing such uh, in-depth information and the positives, the negatives, all the current strategies. Awesome information. If any of our listeners have a question or want to learn more, maybe they want to dig into some of this uh, stuff that you just shared with us, the current strategies, that sort of thing, what's the best way they can get the support they need?
1: Yeah, I mean, just simply go to uh, mybank.com, the wealth management uh, link page that's there and, you know, you can get a hold of us or, or review what we're doing that way, or, you know, just give us a call into our call center is fine. And ask to speak with your local wealth management officer, whether you're in Oakland or or Cumberland or or so on. And um, we'll be more than happy to set you up with uh, an appointment. We can do that. You know, we can do that over the phone. If you feel better doing it that way, we can do it in person. Um, doesn't matter. We'll definitely be able to get in contact with you that way. So
0: Excellent. Brad Ball, your Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Brad, thanks again for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Eric.
0: That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you.
2: First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.